0: You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast. Today, we're talking all about how to integrate spirituality with business. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore. And with 13 years online, I've built my business to over $9 million in sales per year. And this is the first non-business business podcast that shows you... How to apply the principles of spirituality, energy, and mindset to create true and lasting success all from the inside out. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast. All right, what's up, you guys? James Wedmore here, and I am on the go. I'm here in, where are we? What city are we in? Newberry Park. Yep. Newberry Park, which is in Thousand Oaks, north of LA, Southern California. And I'm here at the offices, the HQ headquarters of Mr. Brandon Lucero himself. Yeah. And so thank you for, for letting us use your studio yep. to record this episode. And thanks for the time to come in on the show. Well, thanks for coming up. It feels like it's your show because I'm because <laughs> you're at my office. It's like an away game. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not on my home field here.
1: That's that's what I do. If you want to interview me, you got to come. You got to come to me.
0: <laughs> we were gonna go surfing, and we decided podcast first. Surfing tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. I'll so a mastermind tomorrow. Master, we got a mastermind we're doing tomorrow as well. So I wanted to bring Brandon on because something we have a lot of things in common. We're, I mean, there's so much that's like aligned with since we met years and years ago. That we both were passionate about video, both created businesses about video, both have YouTube channels doing ridiculous, wacky stuff and so much else like surfing and outdoorsy stuff. But one thing that we've always had in common that we didn't really know for the longest time was our relationship with... Well, what will just encompass and embody in one word is spirituality and how much that plays a role in each of our businesses. And obviously, the first thing I do when I come into Brandon's office is there's crystals all over the place. And so that I thought would make a fantastic conversation for us to talk about today is spirituality and business. What is the role that it plays in how we show up day to day? marketing, running a business, managing a team, selling our products, delivering our services. I thought we could have a good good conversation around this. What do you, what do you say?
1: Yeah, I think it sounds good. I mean, we could probably go real deep and talk forever on this stuff. We so, so I'm excited.
0: You guys will have to just turn us out after three hours of this. <laughs> we'll, be good. we'll be good with a three-hour episode. Let's go to the beginning. I'm curious, Brendan. Brandon. Brandon, why do I do that? Why am I doing that? You know Brand- my name,
1: right? Brandon.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm saying Brendan, Brandon. Brandon, I'm just going to call you. Is it Pam? Señor Luchero. <laughs> <Pam. laughs> so let's talk about your origin story. When did you first discover what, what we're calling spirituality, whether it's universal laws or or energy
1: or vibration? Like, where does this come from for you? Well, for me, probably my mom and my dad. I mean, I remember being a kid and they're like, oh, we got these psychic readings done and, you know, things like that. And as a kid, I didn't know anything about it. You know, I was always curious because a lot of the stuff that they would hear became true. And then my mom, well, growing up, my grandma was a psychic. I remember the very first... Time she'd ever told me that. I mean, I was just a little kid. I maybe six, five or six years old or something like that. And I remember the very first time she gave me a piece of advice, which is like, if you want something, you need to think it and you need to visualize it and you need to know that it's going to happen and never let go of that and it will actually happen in your life. And she said, if you want someone to call you, you need to sit down every day and visualize them actually picking up the phone with their hands and pushing the numbers on the phone and then they will call you. And she said, you just got to keep doing it over and over and over again. It's like a little kid, I'm like, yeah, okay, like whatever grandma. And she, she would give me readings. We call her granny actually. So I'd be like, yeah, whatever granny. So she would do readings for me and different things like that. But over the years, my mom has become a really powerful, Energy healer. So she does a lot of readings and different things like that and works on people, energy type healing stuff. And she does readings for us, although I don't like it that much because you never know like, Hmm. is this what my mom wants me to know? Or is this just like what's coming through to her? So, I mean, I've been around it for a long time, but it wasn't until I started working in an actual job that I kind of just like, Went into this world of it and it was just like, I would listen to different radio shows and listen to readings and get readings done all the time. And that just like opened up this world of where I'm at now, where I'm just like thinking about past lives and dimensions and power of attraction and vibration and, and all of this stuff. And that's kind of led me down to this path. And I mean, I, you and I will can talk deep on this. Like when we go to Sedona, It's so much fun because yeah. it's, it's fun. Like I love the relationship that we have because it's like, there's not many people you can talk about all of this stuff with and go deep with it. So every one of our listeners, you can though. So yeah, nice. That's what's awesome. That's why, Good. that's why we're pressing
0: record on this conversation. Yeah, so yeah. Exactly. So Brandon and I have been to Sedona twice now, and I think we already have like two more Sedona trips on the books. We're actually talking about getting a house out there yeah. and making it a very regular thing for us. And we love that out there. Okay. So when I look back, I also feel like this is all spirituality is like, That whole like hindsights 2020, you know, thing where like I look back at how we met and it was so what people would say like serendipitous, you know, like so synchronistic in that I was really, really busy at the time, like really busy. We had just done this, the biggest launch we'd ever done. And like the launch shed a light on. Where the business wasn't working. So I was like letting go of people. I was rehiring, retraining, like all this work was happening. In the meantime, like my assistant just kept hounding me. She's like, there is someone you need to meet. Trust me, you need to meet him. He's reached out, just meet him. That was Brandon. And we just had like so much in common immediately, even to like where you went to school was like Orange County.
1: And well, not only that, we were, we're born, f- I'm 29, you're 24, your birthday. Yeah, yeah. And we were born like 10 miles from each other with five days apart. nuts. Yeah, I was born in Newport Beach. Same year. Yeah, same year. Wow. Yeah. We came down to this earth at the same time. It's nuts. Like all the synchronicities that
0: have come up over the years. So we launched a business together and I wanted to talk about that next. It was like, oh, here's all these things that align. And it was this partnership that was like instantly very successful. I remember the first time I had you come down. So I want to take you to that moment. Yeah. So I was very much into a place of allowing where like this is at this point so this is what 2013 2000 2014 somewhere in there yeah so almost about four years ago and i'd really grasped the distinction between this like push versus pull of just that hustle which is like let me jam the square peg into the round hole versus Open yourself up to allowing, and I had intended that when you came down, like I think I told you, like yeah, we're gonna like brainstorm some stuff, get some work done, and like the first thing we did when you got here is like, all right, let's go surfing, <laughs> and we just went surfing for like four hours. And I've, I've always wondered, like, what was going through your head? Was it, like, does this guy even work, or well, you,
1: you are you asking me? Yeah, what was going through my head? I don't know. For me, it was just kind of like, you know, I. Just trusting in this guy that he knows what he's doing. Yeah.
0: Like, <laughs> Some trust there. But it's,
1: yeah. you know, it's surfing. There's nothing wrong with, with surfing. Yeah. And I think even out of like right when I started my business, my mind was always kind of like, and I think most entrepreneurs and a lot of the people listening right now can probably identify with this. Like you start your business so that you can go and have fun. And for me, it was just kind of like, this is amazing that I'm starting a product and I guess a business with someone who already understands that concept. So mm. for me, it was just kind of like, maybe this is his process and I freaking love it. Yeah. So it was fun. And I didn't know how to surf. So yeah. like, you're like, let's go surfing. It's like, all right. yeah, That's where I learned how to surf. Yeah. But I,
0: I'm been very much in the, the headspace and I tell you guys this over and over again, how much the rest is the work and the play is the work. And I knew that if we could both get into like a fun environment where we took our mind off of the work and the grind and the stuff that needed to get created, that we would have so many more ideas flowing to us, so many more opportunities, so much more creativity. And we'd come out of there,
1: out of the water, like refreshed and revitalized and inspired. Well, I think that's what most people don't understand. And and I'll be honest, like the last six months for me have been a lot of work and not a lot of play just because we're growing and we're going in a bunch of different directions. And so I'm kind of putting in this foundation of processes and systems and stuff like that. And so I need to get back into that. But most of your listeners probably know who Jim Fortin is, who's been a mentor of mine, probably almost from day one. Like, I think it was one year into business. And then before we before we I knew Jim before you and I had ever met. Yeah, I remember him telling me like, oh, this guy's your competition. Like You need to crush him. And Uh he didn't mean that. But he wanted me to get into the mindset of like stepping into my own power. He knew how to motivate you. Yeah. Yeah. And so over the years, I've also worked with his brother-in-law that he's mentioned a few times. And the one, th- by the way, I just got to interrupt there. I can't tell you how many people like reach out to me, and they're like, "So who's his brother-in-law? Like, tell us who his brother-in-law yeah. is." You won't get him on the podcast. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, but they like they like want to know who he is. They want to like reach out to him. They want to find him. And I'm just I don't reply to any.
1: Yeah. I mean, do you even know how to get out to him? I guess you have, you have the, yeah. I have, yeah. Yeah, you have reached out to him. Okay. Anyway, so what I, through the work I've done with him, and Jim reminds me of this all the time, is that the answers come in the silence. And mm. I've heard, heard him say that the ancient ones speak to you in the silence and yeah. they speak to you in the wind and they speak to you in the wind and, and, and like through nature and through whatever. nature. Yeah. Which is another thing why I, surfing is so
0: important to me. When I lived in New York for a year, it was so tough because like, sure, I could have gone to Central Park, but there's just no nature and there's no silence. It's so, I don't know how people do it.
1: Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he, that was like from day one or from day, yeah, literally day one of like working with Jim's brother-in-law. That's something I've learned is like, you need that time to be silent. And I'll tell you right now, the the video scripts that I've written for sold with video that have been the most effective were ones where I just went to the beach and I was quiet and away from yeah. stuff and I just let it come to me. Yeah. So anyways, like when, you, when you're like, let's go surfing, I like, okay, cool. Let's go mm-hmm. do that. Cause that's when the best ideas will come to you. They're not going to come to you when you're sitting here, like trying to work your face off, you know, like m- until your eyeballs bleed.
0: Yeah. You're, which you're, is it's sad that's the predominant yeah predominant message what do you say to the person that wants to take that time off but they feel a lot of guilt associated with it like i've been there before in my life and i've resolved that but have you ever had anyone who's come to you and they're just like they can't
1: stop working because they just feel? i have someone i'm helping right now and coaching who went through that exact thing where they just feel like if I stop working, the business is going to fail. And I would ask them for me, the biggest thing I do is I figure out what their problems are. Like, what's the biggest thing you want change or what's the biggest struggle you're having in your business? And luckily for her, it was a really easy answer. She's like, well, I just have trouble knowing where I'm going to go, how I'm going to take my brand to be different. I don't know how to separate me from everyone else because she talks about social media and it's very like general stuff. I was like, well, how do you expect to do that if you constantly have your head down in the computer and you're you're working? Mm -hmm. And she's just like, well, I never thought about that. So for me, I always just kind of look at a lot of the problems that you have in your business, in your life probably stem from the fact that you're just continually working. Yeah. You know? And, you know, if you're, if let's say you, you're a horse person and you have a horse and you love riding your horse, you wouldn't expect your horse to like mm. allow you to sit on its back for you know 24 hours a day, 24 seven, and take you around on these trails and whatever. So why would you expect your body to do the same thing? It doesn't make any sense.
0: It's so true. There's a quote if you listen to Abraham Hicks at all. Do you? Do you yeah, do you I do. Mm-hmm. They said, there are so many people that are offering so much action in order to compensate for energy that they haven't
1: aligned with. Ooh, I like that.
0: We think the work is the work. And the work is to get aligned. Yeah. And how do you get aligned? I know we, just, we said play and, and nature, but like, what does that mean? Like, if I say, Brandon,
1: go get aligned. <laughs> it's like not a chiropractor, get your yeah. spine aligned. Like, what? That, I mean, that's a, that's a good question. To be honest with you, I don't even know if I fully know how or like have mastered that by any means. But I do know that when... I'll just say this. Like when I come down to visit you for a weekend and all we do is surf and we talk very little work, I come back feeling recharged. Mm. And so for me, it's a lot of that type of type of stuff.
0: Well, I'll be honest. It feels like I'm cheating at times because there is something about Laguna. Even Jim, when he came and visited, he's like, Laguna's got a really special energy to it. Yeah. Something when I was working with a spiritual healer for years, gave a fantastic exercise, which was just to write down a list of... 30 things that you can easily do that make you feel happy. Yeah. Right. Like going for a walk, reading a book, going surfing. And I still refer to that list. It's changed over the years, but like I always know. That there's something whether it's like go visit a friend that like have that conversation with that friend that's gonna like inspire new ideas or to read a book or to go for a walk or to watch a favorite documentary of yours or type an inspirational video on youtube like whatever it is but yeah we may not know but you do feel it yeah you do know when you're aligned yeah and not until then do we
1: it's different for everybody yeah. Like for me, I love endurance sports. So I love riding, cycling, running. And when I'm out there, for me, it's almost like a meditative state. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I'll do a run and I'll be doing like a 10 mile run and I'll do a mile. And I'm like, I don't even remember, wow. you know, what was going on that last mile just because I get into the groove. When I had a reading with someone a while ago that told me that the pounding of the feet is like the done, 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 done. That actually puts you into some kind of state, or I don't know if that's for everybody, but they, for me, that's what they had mentioned. Oh, and so I, I could totally see that. Yeah.
0: So I put a question down. It was, we kind of had this giant overarching, you know, just like generic word of spirituality. Yeah. And I want to start to define that a little bit for us. Yeah. For our listeners. Cause I think it, it's such a big word to me. Yeah. But like, how would we start to say, what does that really mean? If you're, if we're talking about
1: incorporating spirituality in your business, like what what does that even mean? To me, it just means you know something outside of yourself, outside of your physical body in this 3D world, or some kind of belief system. Because you know, I think most people hear spirituality and they're like they align that with psychics, readings, dimensions, power of attraction, like all of that stuff. But I've heard you know a lot of people that don't believe in power of attraction and different things say that they're spiritual people and you know, they have a belief and whether they're Christian or Catholic or whatever. So I think it's just a belief outside of yourself or a bigger power or, you know, something outside of this physical world that we live in.
0: Yeah. And that still is a big topic. (laughs) It's really big, right? It's really big. But I feel like when we start to dive into this conversation, we start to look at the beliefs that we then have about Life. And I believe it really starts to create the context through which we see and experience business. And so, you know, I started this podcast first like, here's all the cool things I'm doing. Like, here's a manifestation strategy. And, Mm -hmm. and like, here's some info about crystals. And like, all that's great. But I don't think it's getting what's behind that, which is at the end of the day, that those are different tactics. Or things to almost like keep your mind busy. Yeah. But what really is beneath that is like how you now see the world. And I think that's ultimately then, and how you see business, of course. And that's ultimately the conversation I want, I want to have with you. Yeah. So like, what are some of your beliefs about business that stem from your relationship with spirituality?
1: So I think the biggest one. And again, this is why I love connecting with people like you is that. And it's really funny. The more I dive into this, the more people I attract into my life that are also business owners that believe this type of stuff. So I can, yes. it used to be just you and I like having these crazy conversations. And now I'm like, dude, you got to meet this person, and this, person and <laughs> right. this person. So anyways, for me, you know, how it applies to business and like in the overview of it is basically, I love having these deep conversations because we come from a place of anything is possible. Mm. And when that translates to business and you understand that anything is anything it's possible. I mean, if we look even look at your story with your business, and you guys did—correct me if I'm wrong—like double, you doubled the amount of revenue you done all year in the last three months of the year, or something like that, right? I think it was we doubled revenue in the last quarter more than
0: the largest quarter we've ever done in the past.
1: Yeah, something like that. And I remember, yeah. I remember an exact conversation. Or you told me this exact thing, which is like, you sat down with your accountants and. They were like, there's no way you guys are going to hit this number, these numbers that you're wanting to hit. And then you came from a place of like, anything is possible. We will hit those numbers. And then it's just like, boom, it just happened. Yeah. And so I think for me, when I look at spirituality, I'm like, anything is possible. Who knows? Like nobody right. knows. No, but you're never going to know anything until the day you die. No one's going to know for sure if God exists. No one's going to know if God is actually a person or a source or whatever, or if there's heaven or hell or whatever. Like we're just, we're never going to know until... That actually happens. So anything really is possible. Like who knows? There could be aliens. There could be different species of aliens. There could be different dimensions. There could be energy all around us. And I think the biggest thing that opened it up for me was, <laughs> it's kind of a funny analogy, but Joe Rogan said it. And he, he said that the only, he calls it, the fart test or something stupid like that. But it's, you know, he's, he's like, the only reason we know, you know, fart exists because we have the sense to smell it. And the only reason why, you know, I'm right here in front of you is because you can see you have the ability to see and you have the ability to hear me. So he's saying, what if there's stuff all around us and we it just we don't have the sense or the ability to even know that it's there.
0: Oh, I love that. And that brings in the vibration conversation, because I've always equated that to a dog whistle. Yeah. So a dog whistle, you blow it and I've gotten the app on my phone. Apparently you can t- have a higher frequency on your phone and I've done it to a dog and I've seen their ears twitch yeah. and you can't hear anything. Yeah. And so the whole concept there is that the human hearing can only receive the vibration or frequency from, you know, here to here, whatever that range is. Right. But a dog can receive higher. So because we can't hear it, does that mean it doesn't exist? But it exists for a dog. Yeah. So it's still there. So you're right. Like we're filtering everything through a range, a visual range, an auditory range, everything. Yep. And so I think what I did, which is what I think most people do is you go through school, like school is your life when you're growing up. And you have all these big celebrations and traditions around graduation. And there's kind of this like meaning on, well, unless you want to become a doctor or a lawyer or a rocket scientist, like you learned everything you need to know. Like, didn't you kind of feel like that? There was this kind of like presupposed belief in the background that's like, we've taught you everything. And we walk around that way, kind of like, I don't need to learn anymore unless I want to specialize in a certain career path. But general knowledge about the world, it's all here because I read it in history books. Yeah. And then so we stop learning, we stop questioning and we think we know it all. So when someone else talks about something like, you know, near death experiences or past life or everything is energy or our thoughts create realities, no. Yeah. Cause it's, I didn't read about
1: that in school. Yep. And, and, that, and that's when you start to realize that everything is fake. <laughs> it like is because everything is fake. where
0: did the textbooks come from? I mean, yeah. not, now I'm getting into a little conspiracy stuff, but like well, no, our government not, no, crea- look, creates like, look that. At this.
1: It's not even a conspiracy. Well, yeah, that, that's a conspiracy. Like yeah. the government creates our textbooks. Yeah, they're going to you know, tell us what we need to learn. Maybe they do. I, I don't know. But, you know, I don't think people actually realize that the only reason why you believe what you believe is because of the teachers you had, the environment you grew up in, the society you grew up in. And, you know, maybe what church you attended or what your parents put into your head, you know, because I can guarantee you right now, if you grew up in India, you would not have any of the same beliefs that you have now. If you grew up in Africa or Europe or UK or Australia, you would have a completely different belief system. And Mm -hmm. I'm not even talking about religion or what's, well, it is even what's right and wrong, you know, like, yeah. The only reason why we think speeding is bad is because someone came in and said, you're not allowed to do this anymore. And we're like, okay, cool. That's the rule. So speeding is bad, Mm -hmm. you know, but when you start to realize that everything that you believe is fake and made up and you realize that there are people that came in at one point and said, this is what's normal. And then you just molded to that. You start to realize, well, at least for me, this is what happened. What if I created a new normal and I got enough people to then follow into that, or I enrolled, this landmark word, enrolled enough people into that, guess what? That thing that I just created now becomes the new normal that people will grow up thinking is new normal. And when you understand that, that's when you start being able to change the world. That's when you become a thought leader. That's when you can create the reality you want to create. And it all starts with just understanding the only reason why you believe what you believe is because of the environment that you grew up in. And, And it
0: doesn't even feel like a belief. Because a belief is still something you like have to put faith in versus like what it almost feels like a knowing to you like you know what do you mean speeding's bad brandon like it's not even it's something that you wouldn't even think as a belief which is even more scary that how much it's not a belief is just we take things as a fact when they're not and i think the biggest thing you're saying here is even just having that separation that beginning of an awareness that allows you to start questioning what is and what isn't and looking even deeper and saying does this even serve me to continue to buy into this fact or belief yeah. is I think immensely powerful and no one does it no one does it we're all just walking around like no one ever asked why yeah like why do I think that where does that thought come where from? does that come from yeah and it is it's I mean it's totally scary and so my little sister's going through Jim's program right now which we sold out in 10 minutes which is so amazing it's crazy but
1: but it's not it doesn't surprise me it
0: doesn't surprise me either but it is i didn't think it would be 10 minutes if i'm being honest (laughs) with you i was like maybe the end of the webinar well
1: it's so funny because jim's like jim said yeah we're gonna put we're gonna he was telling me about the launch thing you guys are doing so we're gonna max it out at 50 spots i was like why 50 he goes because i want to you know create some kind of scarcity and then he's like but i do want to keep it a smaller group and stuff like that and i said what makes you think you need scarcity? And he's like, because that's how you market, blah, blah, blah. And he, I was like, the only reason why you think you need scarcity is because you can't, you don't believe that you're actually going to sell 50 spots. And then he just got quiet. Yeah. He's just like, <laughs> he made some like smart ass remark and just like left alone. And then he came back and he, he called me right before you did and we're like, dude, we sold out. And like, I knew that was going to happen. Like, the amount of people that Jim's training, like in my immediate circle, like how many lives have been changed by his training is just like unbelievable. And it's funny because even Jim has grown. And we're kind of getting off topic here, but he's oh, grown but, so much over the last year, and like really stepped into his power, yeah. which I'm I'm so happy to see because for longest times he. Coached real estate agents. And I'm like, dude, you're not going to make the impact that you want to make in this world by teaching real estate agents how to sell more homes. Like, you're going to make the impact in this world by giving the influ- up and coming influencers the tools they need to impact more and more people. And Absolutely. it's going to spread like wildfire. Yeah. So I'm super stoked and so excited to see. I know well anyone who's in that doing. program, I'm in that group. Are you in that group? Um, you should be. Yeah, in that I, group. T- I told him I wanted to do it. He's just, yeah. I don't think he's adding me, add me in
0: there. Well, yet. well, my little sister's doing it and yeah. she's just like, geeking the F out right now Yeah, and she's you know like she's come a long way just in a a few short weeks of doing this but she was like this whole thing about like your thoughts are an illusion Mm -hmm. and it's like so what's a fact and like you know and so she does this to me and she goes so okay you know because she still wants to play devil's advocate and like she's getting her mind around it so it's great so we're having these conversations now which I've never been able to have with her she's like okay well the weather report says it's 75 degrees Fahrenheit outside That's a fact, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I said, well, where does the word even Fahrenheit come from? Where (laughs) does this measurement of 75 come? Someone had to make that decision. Yeah. That wasn't here thousands of years ago as a like, this is law. We created it. Yeah. And go ahead and look at Celsius. It's another temperature system. Yeah. It's a different number and it's a different measurement tool. And I said, so we could sit down just like you were saying and say, You know, we're going to call it beetle bums and it's 48 beetle bums outside. And if we got enough people to get enrolled with that, then now that's the new truth. Look at Bitcoin. Well, exactly. Look at like at Bitcoin. Bitcoin.
1: Yeah. So it's the same thing. Yeah. We can just say we're going to put mercury in a little glass tube. And when it hits this number, that's this many beetle bumps. And
0: we've had Mel Abraham on the podcast and Brandon's good, good friends with Mel as well. And one of the things that he says over and over again is that the power of being curious, Yeah. you know, that curiosity creates innovation. And this is the same thing we're asking you to do. I think our listeners is to just get curious because If you look at the conversation we're having, that's exactly what happened with Bitcoin. People started to wake up to the fact, and this is right after the 2008 housing market crash, wait a second, why does currency have to come from the government? Mm -hmm. And that is a very interesting... Thing. I mean, look, I am no Bitcoin expert by any means, but I've watched a couple documentaries on it, I have invested a ton in it, and you know, I've really enjoyed being a part of this. To be able to say in this point of history whatever happens to it, like even right. if I lost a ton of money, to be able to say like, you know, to my grandkids on my lap, like, I was there. <laughs> I was there, sonny. I was there. <laughs> I sound like like a panhand like gold pan mining person from yeah. the uh, cowboy days, but I was there in the Bitcoin days. But You never even think to question like, why is our currency like the fiat currency that we use? Why does it have to be created from the government? Yeah. And especially today, due to the connectivity of the Internet and technology, it definitely doesn't have to. And enough people have started to get on board with that idea. And all these people that say it's not real, blah, blah, blah. It comes back to what we're saying. Well, who's to say something is or isn't? real yeah. and there's a tipping point of when enough
1: people say it is then it is yeah Well, I mean, that's what happened with currency in general. I mean, I'm sure before there was actually like the US dollar, they had some kind of system of paying for things and trade and all sorts of stuff. I mean, even if you looked at Bitcoin, you know, when when, because you're the one that got me into cryptocurrency and stuff. And I tried to explain it to my brothers and they're like, I don't understand it. And I said, well, it's just another form of currency. It could be seashells for all Mm -hmm. all that matters. And you just get enough people to start trading seashells and agree to an established value of these seashells. Then seashells become the new currency. And that's what's happening with... Bitcoin. And so, but that but that really goes back to everything. When you want to create and you truly understand that anything we believe is just fake, made up, and it's an illusion, or you, it opens up a world of possibility for you to know that you can come in and actually make a change. Yeah. Like you can change the ways a society is running and viewing things. Like I guarantee you right now, 25 years from now. What we view as success is not going to be, you know, making $100,000 at some corporation. It's going to be you making $100,000 on your own with some kind of business. And I, I think that this new generation of entrepreneurs, which has kind of been my new passion right now is recently, is going to be like moms who cook healthy meals from the family make 20 extra meals every week and now generate 50 grand a year because they're selling their stuff. Like, I think that's going to start to change as well. And I'm kind of getting again. I'm kind of getting off topic here, but I think that it all stems from change is good. Most people resist it, and that I think people are going to start waking up to the fact that everything's fake, and they can just make their own reality. So, in, back in 2009,
0: yep. I'd been in business just over a year, online business, and Michael Alanis. He has not been on the podcast yet. Mutual friend of ours and I went around with a video camera, like one of the big ones that you had to like hang over your shoulder. And we walked the streets of Hollywood Boulevard with a microphone and a camera. And we went up to people. This is 2009. And we asked people, to the best of your knowledge, what advice would you give for someone who wanted to make money on the internet? How would one make money on the internet? 90% of the people said you can't. And the 10% remaining said porn or eBay.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, they're not, we they're did not it. wrong.
0: They're, they <laughs> weren't wrong, but it was a social experiment in where the general population was in right. the awareness of this thing. And, and it's funny how it was even a conversation of money on the internet versus like the internet's just like now it's everything. Yeah. You know, it's not even on the internet, it's just, it's almost like, permeates everything it's on our phones it's on our watches it's it's in our cars like yeah there is no separate as much separation as as it was before what do you think people would say today if we just walk the streets you know it's That's like such a good etsy, question. there's etsy there's yeah. airbnb i could be an uber driver i could do this i could do that you know software amazon like it's just never ending yeah it hasn't even been 10 years i know that's crazy. So the point there is that's is that's what entrepreneurs do anyways, is they innovate. They see what others can't see. Yeah. And I think what I'm hearing from you is that our conversation of spirituality, well, part of it creates this context of anything is possible yeah. because one of the very simple phrases, and I think it was from the book, Seth Speaks. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it preceded mm-hmm. the whole Abraham body of work, which was like from the 1970s, 1980s, was that thoughts create reality yeah and then everything stems from our thoughts yeah and i've said this on the podcast already but from the work that i've done with jim the difference that i've had is i went from amateurs to the pros yeah which we were talking as we were kind of like preparing for the show about like i was like brandon when we were working on lva together and we had business were we like were we being like Super spiritual, where we like we thought we were, and we thought we were, and that's and and you probably think you are too, guys. But share with them the example that you gave where we were like one foot in, one foot out.
1: Okay, so for me, okay, I got to get the foundation first. So for me, I think that visualization does not create manifestation, which a lot of people think like, oh, I'm going to visualize making a lot of money, so I'm just going to sit down for 30 minutes and visualize it, and that's how I'm going to manifest. And that's so backwards because if your vibrational state is not going to match that of the results that you want, you're never going to attract it no matter how much you visualize that. And I want to go, I'm going to just, I want to go back to that in a moment but and ask what that means, but keep okay. going. So, you know, what most people do is they get into the fear of money and I'm a big, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm, I don't know what the right word is, but I do this, this thing too, where you try to visualize, visualize, visualize. And then you send maybe, let's just say you spend an hour. So you have 23 hours of your day, tw- you know, like one hour was spent visualizing the results you want. And then you go back into quote unquote reality or life. And then you sit there and you worry and worry and worry and you worry for 23 hours the rest of the day. What do you think you're going to attract into your life when you're constantly worrying about money? You're going to attract money problems. So. A lot of people start visualizing all of the stuff that they want, but then they, once that visualization's over, they spend the majority of their day Back with the same thoughts that attracted them and caused the same situation they're in now. So that's what we were doing back and, then. And that's what LVA. yeah, so back to your question. That's what that's what we were doing with LVA. We're like, okay, cool, we want to do this yeah. this launch, so let's visualize it, visualize it, visualize it. And we get out, and then we're like, cool, we'll okay, we're good. We did our manifestation stuff. So um how do you think the launch is gonna go? Yeah, I <laughs> and hope it works. Like, just, uh, yeah, I oh hope no, it works. This or, email didn't get any as much opens yet. Yeah. And I hope people don't I hope we don't get haters, and I hope it was all just like fear-driven stuff. And we just acted like visualization was all we needed and it's it like was, it canceled out everything well then it goes it goes to show how much we really didn't even believe that visualization was working without even realizing that we because didn't. if
0: it if you knew it worked you then wouldn't worry would, about wouldn't, it yeah exactly like, do you worry about whether so we're gonna go surfing tomorrow yeah do you worry whether or not there's going to be a tomorrow i know No. (laughs) Like, yeah, there's, I think there's part of the brain where we're not, most of us are not walking around like, I could die today, Mm -hmm. you know? But like, we don't think that the world's going to stop turning tomorrow. Yeah. Like you don't, the thought has never probably crossed your mind once that this could be the last day that the sun rises for us. Right. In the world, for everybody, not just you, like your life. I'm saying like the sun just explodes tomorrow. Right. We don't go there. No. Cause there's such a level of you know call it faith, but it's like deeper than faith. it's just knowing, yeah, and that's the difference. I think that's the difference between amateur to pro is like well, if, if you really believe, like there would be no worry, yeah, and that's what I've done. I'm still human, yeah, and we're we're having a human experience, yeah, but I have practically eradicated worry and fear from my life, yeah, which is amazing, even in in physical things, like like i I told you and we turned into this into an episode of my fear of flying, yeah. Like there's I'm like it's it's for me, it's the perfect outer experience of the inner world where it's like I'm in this thing moving at hundreds of miles an hour. If something's going to happen, the amount of worry or fear or anxiety I experience isn't going to make a difference. Yeah. It's not going to do
1: anything. When I tell people all the time, I guarantee you, every person listening right now probably never has a moment in their life where they're like I'm so glad I worried about that right. or I if I, I wish I would have worried more yeah. because I would have avoided the problem yeah. it's always like I didn't worry enough no but you do this is what you do here you hear like I'm really happy that I stayed positive during that moment mm-hmm. I'm really glad that I believed anything was possible or they go, gosh, that was kind of stupid to worry as much as I did. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like they
0: regret. They're like, yep. why was it? Why was I even worried? Yep. What was I even doing? Yeah. And that's suffering, by the way. That's when we're in worry, when we're in anxiety, when we're in fear. It's, it's suffering. That's what suffering is. Is you're putting your mind on crap that feels awful. And so, what I want to take that to now is, is, well, first of all, that's that's again like what I was going to say is that you know, the work with Jim has really helped me to master that where it's not one foot in, one foot out where it's like, this is a nice concept and it's working, you know, when I choose, like when it's easy. Yeah. It's like, can this work when things are not easy? Can this work when it appears to your ego mind that everything's against you, the whole world and everything? And can you still stay pure and centered and aligned? Yeah. And that's mastery. And yeah. I'm not saying I've mastered it, but that's the road to mastery in my from my personal
1: experience. Yeah. Well, I just I just met with Jim's brother in law and did some work like two weekends ago. And he told me mastery comes from consistency, dedication, and there's one thing. I already forgot it. it was I think it was ago. memorization. <laughs> 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 it was it was consistency consistency, dedication, and, and something else. But it basically mastery just comes from repetition. Yeah. And just doing it over and over and over again. It's inconsistent with it and being dedicated to it. Mm-hmm. And who knows, like maybe you'll you and I will never master it. But even if we get there. And we take 20% of worry out of our life, you know, I know mission accomplished. I know.
0: So you, you mentioned something and I want to go deeper with this Yeah, is you said, you know, this is basically like the big manifesting mistake and I see it. I've been there a million times. You said visualization doesn't, doesn't mean manifestation. It doesn't, it doesn't actually manifest and it's about your vibrational state. So let's bring that into the conversation. What the heck is a vibrational state anyways?
1: So to be honest with you, I don't even really know like the science behind vibrational state yep. or anything like that. I just know that what you put out there, you get back. And for mm. me, that's what it is. It's kind of like where, you know, my energy is being spent and is kind of where what I attract. So I've, I just feel like if I constantly live in fear and worry and I have like you know f- about paying the bills. I will never have enough money to pay the bills. And
0: there, have been so l- let's let me interrupt that. So you say you, what I put out there comes back. So yeah. you're saying if I worry about the bills, that's what you're putting out. Yeah. So what comes back? Not being able to pay the bills. Not being able to pay because that's bills. what my worry is. Yeah. So able to pay so bills. to ground that and get really specific, if what you've just experienced is an action of you logging into your online banking and you have. X amount of dollars, yeah, and you know, let's say you have a hundred dollars in the bank account, and it's gonna, and you have a hundred and ten dollar bill at the house. What would you now do? I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but like, yeah. what would be a better way? Because that's what most people do: is they go, oh, they freak out and they worry. And you're saying, well, what you put out there, you get back. So, yeah,
1: and usually it's not instant. It's not like. Okay, I have a hundred dollars in my bank account and I have one hundred and fifty dollars in bills. Yeah, you know, like I'm just not going to worry about it, and then money shows up the next day. Sometimes it does though, and it's really weird. Like if you start I, doing this, I more think and more, it can. I'm, sometimes maybe you walk down the street and you find a hundred dollar bill, and you're like, "Cool, I can pay the bills." Right. So the best thing is just not to worry. Number one, because it's not going to worry is never going to fix any problem, Mm -hmm. number one. Number two, you're just going to attract more of that. So I would just say, pay whatever you can pay and just move out of that fear and worry and then know that the money is going to come back in somehow. You just live in this place of confidence and just a place of knowing.
0: Well, what I said earlier was that and why we wanted to you know, talk about spirituality in business is that what I think it ultimately does is it creates this context for how we how we live our life, but how we operate in business. And yeah. one of the things that I believe at a level that is the same level of belief as the sun rising tomorrow like, yeah. I know the sun's gonna rise tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, this, so that's my litmus test, by the way. So I always use that example is like, if I'm attracting my dream house, do I know it's gonna come to me on a scale of one to 10? Is it the same level of believability as the sun rising? Like, is it just yeah. fact for me? It's just a matter of time. And like, I just, I'll know I'll be at the right place at the right time. And it's my job to just like stay open and aligned to allow it to come to, into my life. Yeah. So part of my context or, or belief system is that. And this is a Rumi quote. It says it's all rigged in your favor. Is that everything you're meant to thrive, you're meant to live the most extraordinary, amazing life possible. And it's all there for you. It's all working out for you. And so if you're not getting the result, this is part of my context for living is if you're not getting the results you want, like there's a perceived problem. First of all, it is that's your interpretation that it's a problem, but that it's the opportunity to grow or get the lesson so that you will get what you want. Yeah. It's such a difference from where most people go is it's the end of the world. Right. And that's where a lot of that worry comes in is they followed one thought, which is which is law of attraction in action too, right? Yeah. It's about magnetizing thoughts. So like, I can't pay my bills. So therefore, or so, you know, therefore you know, I, whatever comes next, right? Like I don't even go there. So I'm trying to think what would come next but I can't pay my bills. It's like, well, I get a late notice and which means I'll owe more, which means then I won't be able to pay our rent, which means now we're going to be out on the streets, which means now like we're going to die. Like it becomes this thought of the end of our lives. Yeah. And obviously, even though people will really argue for that limitation, they'll be like, but that's what will happen. It's like, But thinking it and feeling like shit isn't going to do anything about it. Right. Where we could begin to create a new story or think a new thought that could open us back up to those possibilities that you're talking about, which is yeah. like
1: anything is possible. And, and that raises your vibrational state, which attracts it. So yes. I was thinking about vibrational state, like everything is energy, you know, every, every little thing we are, you and I are, and it's basically a magnet, you know, things that are like attract each other. That's mm-hmm. why, you know, I'm guaranteeing that the most people that you hang out with probably have the same thoughts as you or in the same, you know, like probably make the same amount of money, all sorts of stuff like that. So when you can change the, Energy about yourself, you start to attract that same thing back to you. And for me, that's the best way I know how to yeah. describe the vibrational. And state. I and I
0: love something I think Jim mentioned it. I don't know if it was his quote or someone else's that he mentioned where he says, a magnet never doubts its ability to attract. Ooh, I like that. Jim said that? Well, he might have been saying it from something <laughs> else. I don't know. I don't know. We'll ask, him. Somebody we'll ask him. What does he know? <laughs> Let's never let him listen yeah, to this episode. No. But like Part of the context as well, and so this is like this is great because this is like the thinking behind thinking is I know myself as a magnet. Yeah, I know my like you said, what you put out there comes back. Yeah, so it's like you know yourself as a boomerang.
1: Yeah,
0: a magnet. Right, I know myself as a transmitter and receiver of vibration. Yeah, and I'm living that way. Not all the time. Like I was, I was just flying the last three days, and and it was brutal. I, I'm, I'm in a plane all day. I got in the middle seat and. And like, you know, I had to like work to be happy, you know, you're like, you're tired, you're hungry, you got to go to the bathroom, you're stuck between two, like very large people, all that type of stuff. But for the most part, like I'm living with this awareness of like observing my thoughts Mm -hmm. and ultimately, and I said this on my episode with Jim when he came back on was if we only knew. If we only knew how powerful our thinking is, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't waste it away on whatever the ego mind decides to just come up with. Yeah. That's why, you know, early in my entrepreneurial career, I got advice that I actually was like some of the best advice I ever had. Stop watching TV. Mm. I noticed such a difference in my life just by stopping TV. Now, again, back then, that was like 2008. So Facebook wasn't as it is today there wasn't all the social media and now people are having this conversation to like turn off the social media bit because like it influences our thinking so much. Yeah. Every time I go to that newsfeed, there's someone upset and offended and angry. Yeah.
1: Cause that, those are the posts that get shared and to the and to the top. And here's the thing too, is the people that get most riled up about stuff on Facebook, usually the ones that have the worst lives. You know, like, mm-hmm. and here's a perfect example. And I, I know everyone listening will have an example of this in your life. The people that don't worry, always stay positive, probably are the people in your life that are the most successful. Probably, I mean, it's probably not a hundred. Maybe it's not one hundred percent true, but I'm willing to bet it's pretty damn close to one hundred percent true. The people that complain and whine and bitch and moan the most are the ones with the either health problems or they're probably the ones with the most money problems. They're the ones with most problems. And again, it's not all about money. It could, it, it, this could be health. This could be wealth too, obviously, but it, it could be a whole wide range of things. And I love this example so much. My sister-in-law, so Jacqueline's sister, hopefully she's not watching, but she mm-hmm. she tends to be a little air right? Like just da-da-da-da. she leaves her car unlocked all the time. She's like Mr. Magoo while she's driving down the road. She'll. I mean, I mean, when we were living with my in-laws, when I started my business, she would literally leave her car windows down, her car doors unlocked, and her purse on the driver's seat because she forgot about it. Mm-hmm. That purse has never been stolen once. Wow. Her brother, who is not in that same like carefree environment more of kind of like worried and complaining. Can you believe this person did that? And blah, 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 blah. Society's this. And you know, everybody's awful comes over one time to the house one time in the four years we live there. And he leaves his bike locked up in the back of the truck, same driveway, same neighborhood, same everything wakes up in the morning and his bike was gone. Yeah. And then Jacqueline's sister, hundreds of times, feels like hundreds of times left her purse windows down. Nothing was stolen mm-hmm. once she had no, she was, well, I'll just put it like this. She's just kind of air-heady at times. She's just like, the <laughs> thought is not the, bad the or thought, good. Just, she's well, not the, worrying. We'll just, put like, just put it like this. The thought to worry about that stuff never even entered her head. Yeah. And Jim tells me a really good story about this one. <laughs> I love this story about one of his, I don't know if it's a sister-in-law or something like that, who was kind of like the black sheep of the family. They called her dumb. You know, she was kind of, <laughs> yeah. she was just not all there. Came back and she made no money and she comes up to the one of the family get-togethers and she's driving this brand new car. And everyone's like, how did you get a car how did you get approved it doesn't make any sense you make no money your credit's awful blah 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 blah, blah. and jim's brother-in-law tells everyone he goes the reason why she has the car is because she didn't know she wasn't supposed to have one so mm-hmm. she just went and got it. Yeah, and well, there's
0: this. Oh, this reminds me of a story of the. Uh, who knows if this is like true or it's just like, one of those like made up stories and, and, and like motivational speakers tell of like the guy who like his whole life he said he was going to go to business or he was going to be a successful entrepreneur. He goes to business school. He was like valedictorian in high school. Gets his MBA and all this stuff. He comes back for the ten year reunion. Everyone's so excited to be like, "Wow, to go! Did you start your business?" And blah blah blah. And he's like, "No, I never did." He says. Why? He's like, when I went to business school, I learned every reason why a business would fail. Oh my gosh. And it's like, I don't know if that's a true story or not, but it's like, it feels so
1: true, right? Well, that's why I feel like people, and I could be wrong. I have no idea what the statistics are, but I feel like most people that go to business school end up just working for a business and not really starting a business. Yeah. 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 You no, know, I, I, I dropped out of college. And so, I was just like, you know, F this. I want to go do my own thing. Well, and that goes back to, to like
0: what was kind of coming up when you were talking about... One of the things I also love about spirituality, which this conversation is spirituality and business, which creates some context for living is there was like a line in like my life, in my entrepreneurial career where before the first half, I was the guy who had to enhance me to get what I want. So many people are doing this. Okay, right. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's like, what can I do to get smarter, faster, stronger, bigger? What can I learn to be more productive? What can I do to get more done? What can I fill in from the external world to enhance me? Yeah. And I realized that coming from that modus operandi is actually coming from belief that what you want right now, you're not good enough to have it, so you have to prove to the world that you are all these things, that you're gonna enhance yourself so that you can finally be worthy of what you want. Right, And that was the first half of my entrepreneurial career. That didn't work. By the way, that never works because it's never enough. Right. And so you're always working longer and harder and sacrificing more to prove to the world that you're worthy of this. And it's just, it's not a surefire recipe. Whereas this conversation of spirituality is that there is nothing to prove. There's nothing you need to do be or have in order to be worthy of what you want. It's an alignment conversation. It's like you're either in alignment with it or not. And what I really just began to do. Which is where I am today is it's just about shedding and let go, letting go of what doesn't, what doesn't serve you. It's a stripping away, but ultimately where all my answers come from, the next steps, the knowledge I'm seeking comes from within. Yeah. You hear that sounds like a cheesy cliche Instagram quote at times, but like to be able to have that where you can tap into, you know, call it intuition call it a collective unconscious, call it a spirit guide, call it God. It doesn't friggin' matter. Yeah. But to be able to go within, like you said earlier about, you know, Jim's brother-in-law and the the answers come in the silence. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not like some guy over there is going to come out of the woods and give you the answer. It's you're going within to get the answers that you need that are for you. Yeah. You're not going to business school to get the textbook answers because things are and have changed so much the game has changed so much that no one freaking knows Yeah, no one knows what worked 10 years ago is not working today and here's the thing I just went to the this is so funny because I I had to charge the Tesla on the way up here so the Tesla charging station was at the mall and I went into a mall when was the last time you
1: went to a mall Uh, I don't even know it's been a while (laughs) right
0: I went into a mall that while I was charging, and it was the most depressing experience. I felt so icky in there, like it was dead empty. Yeah, half the stores are closed down. There's no one in the stores that are open, and I didn't even. I walked the entire mall. There's two levels of it, indoor mall. I walked the because I was bored. I was nothing yeah. else to do, so I was like, I'll go for a walk in the mall. See see what's cool in there. Right. Nothing. There was no store <laughs> that I wanted to go in in the entire mall, right. and I was so open to like. I would have gone into a toy store. I would have gone into like a cool gadget store. There's none of that. And I was like, I just like, I'm like, I gotta get out of here. Cause this is so sad. And so, depressing. And then I started thinking like, we don't-
1: Well, let me ask you, what was sad and depressing about it?
0: It just felt outdated. It felt old. The energy was like totally stale. It felt like no one wanted to be there. So, no one was there. And the point I'm making here is like things have shifted so much and we haven't been to a mall in the longest time because we don't need to. Yeah. You know? And so, the game has changed. And I think these conversations are so important because- and when we can just tap into that intuition and have our own clarity on what's right for us and what aligns for us, yeah, like what you learned, you know, in a textbook is just, is not going to give you what you need.
1: No, that's not. Well, that's the same thing with like even programs and courses. I mean, if you've ever launched a course before, you know that the amount of people that actually complete a course is very small and a small number. There's, I think that only 10% of
0: people that buy a book get past the first chapter, right? That's crazy. I know.
1: But here's the thing that I remember when we first started doing LVA, I looked at this and I'm like, man, people are getting such different results. And I'm like, how do I make this program better so that people can get more people get bigger and better results? And then it just hit me one day. I'm like, this is just crazy because they all have the same information. They all have the same access to me. They'll have the same access to the Facebook group. They have the same access to everything. Yet person A does 50 grand a month from the program and person B sitting there complaining for a refund saying it doesn't work. Mhm. And it's what's like so what's the is, difference? Is it well it makes me think it's not really the program it's the the person that that person's being or their thoughts or how they were raised or their belief systems or the actions they take or the amount of confidence. I mean, you can't nail it down to one thing. It could be a million different things. Like they were raised in a different environment, even though they wanted something, they didn't actually believe it was possible for them because their mom has told them, you need to go get a job. That's the only way that you're going to make something of yourself. But
0: no matter what it is, at the end of the day, it is them. Yeah. And that's the harsh truth that I think is the most freeing truth is that and and this is also something that Jim speaks about is that each and every one of us are 100% responsible for our lives and for our business. Yeah. And most people are not willing to live and operate from there. Yeah, It's the economy has done this my
1: competitor is doing that to me our president is causing this and everyone else is to blame. I saw one the other day someone created this like Facebook PDF guide thing That's when Facebook changed the algorithm for business stuff to not come up organically in the newsfeed, and he's just like F Facebook comes up with this blah 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 blah, blah. I spent all this time on it it's like now they drive my business to the ground it's like no dude you've been driving your own business <laughs> to the ground because <laughs> you know what I would have done I would have just read on the guide or come up with a new way mm-hmm. to whatever spend the two hours it takes to well, and, you if, know, and if, you're, if your business is dependent on one PDF guide then yeah, like you got yeah. bigger your problems your business fails
0: because of that guide yeah. <laughs> but the other thing that's there is that I've heard so many people say things to that same effect of like well well Facebook changed therefore blah. Yeah. And it's like a smart entrepreneur who's more aligned is going to see what you see the same event which is algorithm change. Right. And they're going to say, "Ooh, this is an opportunity." Yep. And That's one of the biggest differences, right? There is 99% of people see problems where successful entrepreneurs see opportunity. Mm -hmm. You guys have all heard that before. This isn't anything new. But it's a concept and most people are not that our entrepreneurs are not actually choosing because it's a choice
1: yeah
0: how is that an an opportunity it's a problem it's like no you're choosing because it goes back to what brandon said everything's fake so when you say it's a problem that's also a lie it's also fake you just chose to make it a problem where someone else smarter is going to come along and see the biggest opportunity
1: for their million dollar business you want to know why it's the biggest opportunity is because everyone else is doing exactly what you're doing up in arms and they're running into fear or these problems and there's never a better time to present a solution when everyone's up in arms and fearful of the thing that that's the biggest opportunity you'll ever see as a marketer one of the biggest things I've learned is that people move away from pain much faster than they move towards mm-hmm. pleasure. You mm-hmm. know, I always say there's like three levels in marketer. It's the first one who tries to advertise a product going like, I have the fastest processors and this, and we have the highest service mm-hmm. and best graphics and like stuff people don't care. Well, I've been in business for 35 years. Yeah. <laughs> My voices are better. <laughs> they are better. <laughs> so, and then there's the next one who realizes, oh, maybe I should talk about the benefits people are going to get. And they're like, you can finally learn how to you know, make money or you can finally learn how to get freedom back in your life, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there's a third level of people that talk about like the consequences people are going to face if they don't have yeah. what you are. And that's moving them into pain, into fear. And people will move way faster away from that than anything else. Totally. And so there's never a better opportunity when everyone's up in arms about stuff for you to step in and, and give them the solution. Yeah. So it's the biggest, that's the biggest opportunity I think you'll ever have for anything is when something like that happens.
0: It's just so funny that this episode starts out as like, where does spirituality and business intertwine for us? And it's like, it can go from like talking about a vibrational state to like how entrepreneurs innovate and solve problems. Because it is, it's so intertwined yeah. for us. It's so one in the same.
1: Well, and like we said before the podcast you know what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Like maybe this all sounds crazy to you. Maybe you're sitting there going like, "Well, I don't believe in power of attraction, and that sounds like crazy talk and vibrational state." Blah 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 blah. Are you ever going to get to a point in your life where you're like, "Man, I really wish I wasn't thinking positive about that. I really wish I wasn't visualizing or trying to manifest better things in my life." Like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Like I don't, I just don't understand why there's so like with your audience, there's probably no resistance. But no, there's a lot of yeah. people out there. There's just so much resistance around it because it goes against these fake beliefs that they think are real. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just freaking. Crazy. Well, look
0: look at it this way: if you had seen someone who'd worked for thirty years, working their tail off, yeah, and just struggle, 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 and they barely making it by, and you come around and you say well, there's a better way. Chances are what they're going to hear is I've been doing it wrong for 30 years. Yeah. And what that starts to tell them about wasting their life and all that, that threatens the ego big time. Yeah. So I get it. Like I really get why there would be a lot of resistance. Like when my, my origin story, part of my origin story, because my mom was very open to talking about it. And my sister just gravitated to it immediately. They then tried to like bring me in. And I remember one year for Christmas.
1: You mean like the whole spiritual? Yes. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. 2005, I think it was. My mom gets me the book, Ask and it is Given. This is one of the first Abraham Hicks, if not the first Abraham Hicks book they wrote. I opened it up. The first chapter. I liked it. I was like, Ask and it is Given. Like I thought it was like a strategy for like, I don't know how to get what you want. Mm-hmm. That's what seemed, you know, like bargaining or asking for stuff that you want, you know, kind of. I don't know what it was. Yeah. And the first chapter talks about how this woman is channeling a bean. Yeah. And I just took the book and I said nope, and I threw it in the
1: trash. That's the good stuff, though. That's <laughs> that's the fun stuff. That is the fun I stuff. I know. Years.
0: Back then, so I, I was, I, I don't know, I was like twenty-two, something like that. Yeah. So I was, I was like still in college or right out of college, something like that. I was like, nope, 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 nope. And it was funny because my dad has always been the very like. That was my dad speaking, right? He's yeah. the like action. He, he, he has ingrained in my head. So now like the last 10 years has been about taking it out of my head. It's like you have to work hard to be successful.
1: <sighs> I hate I, I hate that. You want to know why? Because it's, it is. it uh, is. Sorry to interrupt. No, it's great. Thought, but if working hard guaranteed success, then everyone who has ever worked hard in their life would be successful. Yep. And it's so not true. Yep. And what happens is a lot of people work their ass off and have nothing to show for it because they hold on to that belief. Yep. It's, I, I just, I can't stand
0: it. And there's it. just so much vagueness in it. It's like, how hard, what does hard look
1: like? And yeah. There's is... no, there's no qualifiers of what work hard even is. Yeah. Is that 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, 14 hours a day? Yep. Is that until you just like want to kill yourself? Is it like, what is it? No one even mm-hmm. knows. So anyways, but back yeah, to Yeah, no, it. I just, but that was it. So
0: that was, that was the work hard mentality. That was saying no to that. Yeah. So I'll tell one of my stories where, where it changed. Yeah. I want to see if you'll be able to come up with a cool manifesting story or two. I have, I have some already. Okay, good. So here was the first one that made the difference. So I threw the book away. Six months later, my sister and my mom sit me down to watch the movie, The Secret. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people bash The Secret. Yeah. And why I wouldn't bash The Secret. Well, first of all, it's, it's, that was 2006. So I think. So something like that, something yeah. like that, right? So the conversation has, has evolved and you know, sometimes you got to go a little mainstream to get more people. And so I right. thought it was, it, it's a, it was a gateway drug for me. It was a gateway drug for a lot of people. And so it serves its purpose in that sense. But like, yes, the whole concept of like, close your eyes, pretend you're riding a Ferrari or a bicycle and you open the door and it's there, like doesn't always happen, but it, and can like yeah why do you want to even close off any possibility right like people are still thinking in such a small box of what's really possible
1: well here's the other thing too if you look at the people that do have ferraris do you think they thought that it was possible for them to have it and had that thought on the mind or do you think they just like never thought about it thought about it wasn't possible and then all of a sudden the ferrari appeared right
0: yeah do you, you think know? they were telling themselves oh only certain people can have ferraris yeah and then they got one yeah, yeah like <laughs> so i guess i'm wrong <laughs> you know <laughs> like i know a lot of people where it's like it wasn't really a thought they were very neutral kind of like you were saying with jim's what was it a sister or sister in law sister in law something like that it was just like well she didn't say she couldn't have it so you're very neutral mm-hmm. on it and things happen so anyways so i watch it and it hit i really resonated with me and i was like okay i get this so i was a bartender at the time
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i had a dream this is crazy, this is where we get into some of the weird stuff. I had a dream and get I don't- Get the fun stuff. Now. This is the fun stuff, yeah. I can't remember exactly what happened in the dream, but someone told me, gave me the number 100 in the dream and they said, you're gonna make 100 today. And I got up in the morning and I interpreted that as I'm going to manifest $100 in tips today at as, as my bartending job. And so I wrote down 100 mm-hmm. and I put it in my wallet. And then I think what I did is I put it, I think I taped it on the little machine where I would punch the orders in the little POS machine. And I worked the lunch shifts at this bar at the time. And I was making on average between 25 to $40 in tips for like a four or five hour shift. Like that was my day, like yeah. minimum wage plus that. Right. So I was probably making like $80 total. And some of the craziest stuff started happening that day where like a regular came in and he tipped me twice as much. And I had more customers than usual. And then the craziest part is two of my friends didn't call me. I didn't call them. They just showed up in there. Hmm. And it was the first time that they'd ever come in. And they just leave me this. It was really nice of them. This really big fat tip. And when I left that day, I had $101 in tips. And I was like, that was the first time I was like, I don't know what just happened, but something happened and I can't explain it. Yeah. And it wasn't me. And that's when like you talk about at the beginning, like something bigger than you, like that was not, it was like up until that point, my life was dependent on how smart I could think and how hard I could work was my modus operandi. That yeah. was the context for life. If I worked smarter and harder, if I'm more intellectual, more intelligent and, and more hard working, then I will get everything I need. Yeah. And that was the first time where it was like. That was not me. (laughs) Like, I don't know what happened, but it wasn't my brain thinking like my
1: IQ, and it wasn't my work ethic. Well, I have two stories for me. The first one was like, yeah, I mean, you know, the story after working with Jim at the beginning of this year. I mean, I was balls to the wall. I was like, oh my God, anything's possible. Blah, blah, blah. And we did this huge first quarter. I love it. I love it. And we did more in sales in that first quarter than I did my entire 2016. Because Jim just like, unlocked this thing inside me. But the problem was I didn't have the right proper... I didn't have the right systems, processes, and stuff like that in so place. I got burnout, out. So, I took like six months off, like mm-hmm. working very minimal. And I had zero worries of money coming in. And I just kept getting like... Boom, email, boom, email, boom, email. Like people going to my website, looking at the thing, like just client after client, all these things started like coming in. And I remember going back and telling Jack, my wife, I'm like, I don't know what's happening or where these people are coming from. I haven't done any work at all, but this stuff just keeps falling in my lap. It's insane. But I had zero worries of, of anything. And I almost kind of didn't even want it because I'm like, God, now I got to go back to work. But yeah, there was that was I was allowing it to open up and I was holding my attention and my vibration at the space to let that stuff come in. Did you read the
0: book, Dollars Flow to Me? Oh, I love easily. that book so much. Yeah.
1: Everyone needs to read that. If yeah. you haven't read it, go read it now. But I do remember one time, and here's the other thing I want to say real quick too. I have a really cool story that happened to me in college about manifesting money. But first, there are a lot of successful people out there. Like even Mark Cuban talks about he doesn't believe in power of attraction, blah, 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 blah. The thing that they don't realize, and I hope you guys listening realize, is they are doing everything along the power of attraction, quote, unquote, formula or whatever, and not even realizing they're doing it its holding, expectation yeah they're they're expecting it to happen they know it's going to happen they have the confidence they know they're going to be a, a millionaire a billionaire that's where they're holding their vibration at that's and there's no fear and there's no possibility of it not happening so even if they don't believe it yeah. they're still doing it this is it.
0: this is huge because what is confidence confidence is a state of being which is a vibrational state Yeah. So it's the the vibration of confidence and confidence is a state of knowing. And I always played around with this. Like if you go up to, if you're a guy and you go up to a pretty girl at the bar and I noticed this long ago when I was, when I was single and I was like dating and all that stuff is I said, wow, I could ask the same question. Like, can I buy you a drink or the same type of question? And I could ask it from a place of like, I'm probably going to get the no, Versus I know I'm going to get the yes. Yeah. So there's like, can I get you a drink? Like that just makes the person want to say no. Like, or it makes them uh, feel like they're doing you a favor by saying yes. Versus like, hey, let me get you a drink. Like I just know that you were going to say yes and it comes from your confidence which is an alignment of vibration and how many of us are tiptoeing into what we do and create like I hope this works like please buy my stuff I'm trying to make money (laughs) versus just like this is going to help you and here's how much it costs you know like such a difference. That, so
1: you're, you're right. that example reminds me of the salesman from The Simpsons, Sal or whatever. He's like, "Oh, are you going to buy a car today?" It's like <laughs> he never makes a single sale. I'm so
0: scared. Okay, before you tell your next story, but I love that you just threw in like people that are successful and don't talk about this because it's another yeah. reason why people then don't believe it it's like well then you know how come Lord donald trump, trump and do. blah 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 don't talk about cause it Because they're
1: doing it and not even thinking yep. they're doing it yeah they don't realize they're doing it he
0: is so blindly convinced of his confidence that like he always get he's like i'm gonna win president it's like yeah.
1: damn it and there was no i'm gonna win president that's probably how he said <laughs> yeah, it yeah probably
0: <laughs> I, I am the greatest uh, <laughs> damn it <laughs> okay so i gotta i gotta comment on instagram they were sharing some feedback about the podcast. They said, I got, I got the book E-Squared by Pam Grau. I had Pam Grau on the podcast. Oh, nice. We'll link it up in the show notes so you guys can listen to that. And I said, all right, here's your next book for you. It's called Dollars Flow to Me Easily. Get it. It's 10 bucks. He sends me a screenshot. Boom. I bought it. Here's what he wrote me yesterday. James. I said out loud in my empty office yesterday, I'm going to receive a $1,000 tomorrow. And I completely forgot about it and just went to do some online banking. I received a direct deposit commission that I had completely forgot about for $1,028.50. Crazy. Incredible. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And then- Why
1: are we not opening ourselves up to these possibilities? Why are we so like, what, what, what do I have to do? Well, the question you need to ask yourself if you're not going to believe in this stuff is like, how is it going to hurt you in any way? Yeah. All it's going to bring you is positive thinking, feeling better. And there's, there's no negative side to it. So I don't understand why you wouldn't do it or why you would hold on to these beliefs that probably haven't been serving you. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. All right. Tell me your next story. So, okay. So I never really got deep down into this stuff until probably the last few years, but I've always loved this type of, you know, I've always loved business. I've always loved creating, but in college, even though my mom was a energy healer and stuff, I would, I always kind of had this like thought behind me. It's like, I don't know if it's real, blah, 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 blah. Right. So what I did in college and to make money is I would make websites And then I would drive a lot of traffic to them. They're all humor sites. And then I would sell them and flip them for a couple thousand dollars. And I'd just do it over and over and over again. So I knew in college that I was going to be a millionaire. Like there was no doubt in my mind. I was even wanting to drop out of college, start a business, get investors. Like it was just, I just knew it was going to happen. No doubt in my mind, 100% confidence. I was going to be a millionaire. So much to the point where like, I just know it's going to happen. I'm going to play the lottery. So I was sitting in lecture, one of my lectures one day, and I was just like not listening to anything. I was just like, why am I still in college? I hate this so much. And I was sitting there and I'm like, I'm gonna be a millionaire. It's gonna happen right now. I know it is. I can feel it. And I said, all right, I'm gonna play the lottery right now. And I didn't have a lot of money back then. I was like, it's college, I'm a college kid. So even like five bucks was a lot of money. So I said, first five numbers, or six numbers, I think it was five numbers plus a Powerball or extra one or whatever. And so I write down the first five numbers. I'm like, this is it. I'm going to win the lottery. No doubt in my mind. I get there and I'm filling out the little card thing and I change one of the numbers. I'm like, no, 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 it's not this number. It's, it's this. Like, it was like a 27, 28. I'm like, there can't be two numbers in a row. Does not make any sense? So I changed it to like 29 or something, uh, something stupid like that. So I'm sitting at my computer and there's a party going on at her house and everyone's yelling at me. I'm like, no, hold on. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm about to win the lottery. So then I'll go party after I win <laughs> yeah, the lottery. Yeah. So I'm sitting there and the numbers come up and I look at the first one, it's a match. I look at the second one, it's a match. And I remember, I remember the thought that was in my head. I'm like, yeah, of course it's a match because you're winning the lottery. The third one, It's a match. The fourth one, it's a match. The fifth one matched the number that I had crossed out and changed. Oh, man. So, I missed it. But if I would have kept the original number, I would have hit five out of five. And then I, I missed the sixth one. So, I, if I would have gone with the original numbers, I would have hit five out of six. And I would have won like $150,000 or something like that. I ended up matching four out of six. And I won like 150 bucks or something along those lines. But I remember, I didn't realize it at the time, but I go back to that moment. And I'm like, man, the amount of confidence that I had and having a 0% doubt, fear, or worry was incredible. I can't, and I try to tap back into that all the time now. I mean, now it's, it's a lot harder because I have a family to worry about and all this other stuff with kids and stuff like that. So like, it's easier for fear to creep in. Like, again, you know, I'm not a master of this, you know, but you recognize, Um, but I recognize it. I can change it. But I remember like being a college kid going, I am going to be a millionaire nothing is going to stop it. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. I don't even care if I have to play the lottery for it. It is going to happen. And I'm like, here we go. I'm doing it. And I just went in and I would have won 150 bucks had I just listened to the numbers. Wait, it was only 150? No, 100, sorry, 150,000 I would have won. I ended (laughs) up, I actually won 150 because I changed the numbers. Wow, one number off and it goes down a lot. And then I'm like, I went out and I remember going, taking the ticket and telling everyone, hey guys, I won 150 bucks. I got four or six numbers. And people were like, how did you do that? And I just said, I was so confused by how they thought it was hard because, yeah. I, because I was like, I, I just wrote down the first couple numbers and I just knew it was going to happen. I didn't know anything about manifesting or power of attraction or anything back then. I just did it. And I remember being confused by their questions. And I remember thinking like, this is so easy. I should just do it again. Yeah. You know, just, I don't know why live I didn't. life this
0: way. You <laughs> <laughs> should have. I love it. So one that I've, I've shared briefly and and I have the notebook in my car so I can show you later, but back in the spring of yeah like march or april of this year chelsea and i did like six weeks in new york city so we rented an apartment and it was just like rest and reflection time we did a lot of daydreaming we did these exercises this was a really fun exercise i don't know if i've ever shared this on the podcast we made a list we kind of like round robin we went back and forth writing everything we want it was like a wish list for our lives so the first like 30 is really easy But when you get to like 100, I think that's what we want. We either got to 100 or 200. And by the end, it's like really hard. You're like, gosh, I don't know what else I want. And and (laughs) it was just stuff. It was like experiences, right? So it was like, you know, I want to spend a month in Italy and I want to travel on a cruise here. And we just started writing and writing and writing. So it was really fun. So we're doing a lot of stuff like
1: that. I wanted to talk about the phrase I want. Also, so remind if we don't talk right. about it. Remind right, right. And
0: we weren't writing "I want." We were just writing the list of like these are the things that we're creating. So yeah, we okay. can talk about "I go. want." Yeah, because okay, it wasn't I, "I want this." It wasn't "I want that." It was okay, it was on. like here's, okay. what, here's what's gonna happen. Yeah, here it was our I forgot what we called it, but it was just like a list of everything we're creating. Yeah, right. So it was like, um, okay, new Tesla, right? Yeah. Okay, so we just we just wrote down the things. So I looked back in that journal, and one of the things that I was dreaming about, and down to like every detail was our dream home i've talked about it a lot on the podcast about like for years like since i started like that's the big thing that that i've been working towards manifesting since we've met. met. i remember you talking about your dream house Mm -hmm. and so on this trip i started getting real clear like me what it would look like it was a two-car garage I'm driving into the, pulling into the garage and I can get into the house from the garage. Like that was a big thing for me. I was like, I want to be able to get into the house from the garage. I started drawing pictures of it, all of that. And I wrote down that I would put an offer down on 12-1. Yep. So 12-1, 2017 was a uh, Friday. So I don't know the exact day. It was either Thursday or Friday, which would have been the 30th or the first is when Chelsea and I found a house on Zillow. Yeah, And we both came to each other going, I think I found a house. And she goes, I think I did too. And we both show each other the same one. Oh my gosh. She goes, there's an open house this Sunday. That was the third. So we saw the house for the first time on the third, two days later that evening at five o'clock, we put the offer in 20 days later, we were moving into the house. That's crazy. Nuts. I love that. Nuts. And then I started having these crazy realizations because we've only been there, you know, for like two months, right? That all the things that I had wanted in the house are in the house. Like I had all these weird little things that were really important to me, like, like a two car garage. I want a two car garage and I want to be able to go into the house from the garage. Well, we got that. I wanted an ocean view. Well, we got that. I wanted a, I wanted a jacuzzi tub. There's two. (laughs) Like we, I wanted a room where we could turn it into a media room or watch movies. Well, there's a third bedroom and it's massive and we're like, perfect. One's going to be a guest bedroom and then the other one's going to be the media room. Like everything I could have asked for is like, it's all right there.
1: Yeah. It's nuts. It's amazing. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah. It was pretty exciting. Well, let's, can we talk about the, I want thing? Because you were saying I want, and I want to make sure that everyone doesn't, Start That's a huge lists saying I totally. want, because yes. when you say I want, what you're basically saying is I don't have. Yeah. And when you say I don't have, you're just reinforcing the fact you don't have it, which actually pushes it farther away mm-hmm. from you. So the better phrase, which is what you, it sounds like you guys did do, would be like, this is what's going to happen or this is what I'm creating. Yep. absolutely. So be, be really careful with I want, because I do it a lot or used to do it a lot. My wife does it a lot or used to do it a lot as well. And we're very like careful not to use the phrase I want when we say anything.
0: That's so true. It's so true. Like what that you're coming from a place of lack. And when you want something that you don't have, you're just going to continue to have more experiences and evidence of not having that yeah. thing. And that's where people get stuck. And then that's where people then say this stuff doesn't work because mm-hmm. they're wanting and wishing and hoping. But there's no faith in that. Yeah, like
1: well, and that's what I with like I think with visualization too is I think a lot of people do it from a place of like this is what I want. I don't have this stuff, so I'm just going to visualize that happening, and it's magically going to pop into my head or pop into my life. And when you come from that place, you're, there's no point to even visualize in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, visualization. I think the only benefit from visualization, in my opinion, is if it's going to raise your vibrational state to attract yes. what you want to yes. attract. Yes, and I, I don't think there's a, any harm. And visualizing stuff like at the end of the day, it's probably all good stuff, even if it doesn't raise your vibrational state, keeps it the same. Like, sure, I'm sure it's relaxing and you're getting a vision of what you want. But if it comes from a place of like, I don't have this and I want this and I need to visualize harder and harder and harder. So I make it like you're just pushing it farther (laughs) away. Exactly.
0: And it's like, "Ah, I'm trying to, you know, it's like. If you were a, you know, a woman, not that I would ever know what that's like, trying to, you know, getting pregnant, you wouldn't like force the baby out in three months instead of nine, you know, like, (laughs) come on, come on, get get born faster. Like (laughs) you allow it, it takes its natural cycle. You know, there's a trust in the process and there's something that the author of dollars flow easily, Richard dot says, which I love. It's just a great analogy to use for this is he says, when you buy something on Amazon, You know, especially if you do a lot of Amazon shopping, it always comes. You know, it always comes in two days, especially Amazon Prime people. I'm a Prime member. I love Prime. You place the order, you put it in your shopping cart, and it's there in two days. You don't worry about it. You don't visualize it. You just say, this is what I want. I'll take it. Thank you. I'll see it soon. Yeah. And like, what if we applied that to what we want in our life and in our business? Like, I'd like some more clients. I'd like two more this month. Thank you. You know, and it's just, I'll be waiting patiently for it. There's no doubt. There's no worry. There's no wanting. There's no lack. It's just, that's what I ordered. That's what I commanded. Yeah. I'll be here waiting for it. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay. Any final words? We've been chatting a while. Yeah. We've been talking for a while. I knew um, it'd be a long one.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm good. And I, I, we could talk because, I mean, we could talk even. For, we'll break it into 10 parts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is only our first interview. Five, yeah. We're going to do 10 more by the time this weekend. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing for me for people that I would like if I could have everyone understand something on such a deep level is that everything around you is fake. The thing that's making you depressed or scared or worry is fake. It's made up. It's just some kind of rule or system or law, you know, universal law, government law, mm-hmm. whatever, like that you just tend to believe and if it's causing you pain just realize that it's it's just fake. It's an illusion. It's made up and you can change and think whatever you want. And if you are an entrepreneur with a message, you need to understand that because everything is fake and made up, has been fake and made up by someone at some point, you can now do that exact same thing. And if you can get enough people to enroll in that, your message now becomes the new normal. When your stuff becomes the new normal, that's when you can do... For lack of a better word, damage to the societies that's serving people. Absolutely. And this is so important too,
0: because in the world of marketing and business, you just see everyone is like going like this. and you can't see what I'm doing on the podcast, but <laughs> they're like being bounced back and forth from a, a, like, this is the right way to build your business. And this thing will kill your business if you don't. And if you're not on this, your business is dead. And they're just going, okay, I'll go over here, I'll go over there. And it's now it's this thing, and now it's that thing. And what Brandon's telling you to do is stop. Yeah. It's all fake. Yeah, It's all just what people are saying because every one of these absolute statements, we can all very easily find truth to the opposite. You can find, you know, if someone says, if you're not on Instagram, your business is going to die. You can go find plenty of people that are very happy in their business and they're not on Instagram. Yeah, And you can find this for every single thing. And this is how you can just elevate above that. And then yes, as Brandon's also saying, you can create your own truth
1: and get people enrolled in that. One of the quotes, I I think Jim's brother-in-law, well, yeah, I know he told me this, but I think I heard from Jim too, and I may mess it up, but it's something along the lines of silence the world, change yourself, change yourself, change the world. So Jim shared it at our live event. So we did a live
0: event recently, BBD Live, Brandon and Jim were there and Jim posted the quote for everyone there. So, I'll read it. He said, and this is what we'll leave you with because this is powerful if you really get this. To change the world, I have to change myself. To change myself, I have to stop my world. When I stop my world, I can change myself. And when I can change myself, I can change the world.
1: Yeah. It's a little more in-depth than what I said. Yeah, but it's the same same concept. same thing. But here's... Can I explain... What that means to me is like the silence, the world, change yourself. That first part basically means when you stop listening to all this crap going around you and being led all, by that, like letting it just take you. Where yeah. it you just in the way I envision it is kind of like I just see the world and society is this big ball, like like the Charlie Brown fights and you mm-hmm. just see big dust cloud.
0: Did you ever see like in movies where they do the like time lapse thing where the guy's standing in the middle of like yeah. Times Square and everyone's moving around and he's not moving? Like yeah. that's what it feels like. To
1: yeah, me. exactly. That's that's perfect. And what that does is allow you to actually do what you want to do, take the actions you want to take. Let's go of the fear of. Justice judgment and actually stand behind what you believe in. And when you can do that, that's when you can start to change the world because all of a sudden that, you know, those people like running by, you know, in this time lapses are going to start noticing you. And then now they're going to be following you to do whatever you want. And that's when you can actually make some huge changes here. Like look at any change that has ever benefited society in a good way. That's exactly what they did. Mm -hmm. You know, like Martin Luther King, for example, you know, yeah. he silenced the world and just went off and didn't matter what was normal. He just went after what the new normal wanted to be. He got enough people behind him, and he made huge strides for the nation. Look yeah. at anybody who's made a change like that. That's exactly what they did, and you can do the exact same thing, even if it's not on a big scale like that. Maybe it's in some little sub niche of sub niche that you're changing. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter.
0: Yep. So, everything
1: is fake, including everything that we've
0: said here today. Yeah. At the end of the
1: day. But I don't know. And that's the biggest thing. Like, the more spiritual work I do with Jim's brother-in-law and with Jim, I start to realize, like, I don't know anything. Yeah. You know, like, I finally feel like I have a, a hold on something and I understand something. Mm-hmm. And then I'll do some work and I'm like, I don't know anything. Yeah. There's so much stuff out yeah. there that we the don't un- know
0: The about. only thing I do know, and, you know, this is like Einstein talk here, is like, that we don't know anything, <laughs> that's right? Kidding. That's one thing we know is that we don't know everything yeah. and that we really don't know anything, but what I have come, and this is where I, you know, can condense my definition of spirituality is that how I feel and what I think matters yeah, more than I know. Yeah. And if you made it the most important thing in your life, I think you'd recreate a whole new life. Yeah. An extraordinary
1: one. I love it. So basically what we're saying is we don't know anything and you just wasted uh yeah. an hour of your life listening to people but talk. If, don't but know if anything. you
0: feel better than you did when you started and you're starting to look more at your thoughts and choose your thoughts more deliberately, then we've done mission accomplished. good mission accomplished. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Brandon, for coming on the show. Yeah, of course. And we'll see you on the next episode.